0: From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capitol Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of wispolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., Vice President Mike Pence was in Wisconsin last week, campaigning for another four years of him and President Donald Trump. Pence made a couple of stops, including one in Ripon, the birthplace of the Republican Party. Trump narrowly won Wisconsin in 2016 and is trailing former vice president and presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden in the polls. Pence said if Biden wins the election, the country will spin into economic decline as he is pushing a, quote, radical socialist agenda. Meanwhile, the Wisconsin Democratic Party blasted Trump for the latest unemployment numbers, which show the country at 11% in the wake of the coronavirus. Party spokesman Phil Shulman says, if Trump had taken the pandemic seriously from the start, quote, we wouldn't see this many Wisconsinites suffering. So both sides are increasingly turning up the rhetoric. Can we expect a lot more of this as it gets closer to November?
1: Uh, Sure, the Penn's comments Um, They want to make Joe Biden an unappealing option for voters. Uh, Biden's been in the public eye for four or five decades. People kind of know him. Um, He has a little reputation as a moderate. And that is something that the Trump people want to change. They want to make him out to be a big, scary liberal. With Democrats and what they're saying, you know, Trump's numbers have started going down largely around the time of uh, the pandemic breaking out. So his handling of it and the ensuing impact on the economy, those are a couple of weaknesses. And so the Democrats want to focus on those things to drive home to people that, uh, in their minds, that Trump did not handle this well, and that and he's the one to blame for what's going on.
0: This is one of a handful of stops that Pence has made to Wisconsin recently. Can we expect a lot more in the coming weeks?
1: Yeah, we still look to be like a tipping point. Now, um, it depends on what poll you want to look at and all those kinds of things, but we're still one of three, four, five states that, most national people view as a toss-up. So, yeah, the polls lately have been in going in Biden's direction, but Trump needs to win Wisconsin. If he's not winning Wisconsin, he's not winning Pennsylvania, not winning Michigan, um, probably not winning the election. Then, so this is really an important state because the electorate is somewhat favorable to Trump, uh, considering the number of um, we're not a very diverse state. Uh, we don't have a really high number of college-educated folks, so we have a lot of blue-collar uh, workers high school educations who seem to be like in the Trump wheelhouse. So he needs to do well with those folks to have a chat to win re-election. And so that's part of why we get so much attention.
0: When might President Trump campaign here?
1: Good question. Uh, he had the in-person rally in Tulsa uh, a few weeks back. Didn't go very well. We haven't really seen him doing anything else in person. So as far as like him having a presence here for a campaign rally, I don't know. But he is out starting to do visits that are, you know, official visits but kind of doubles campaign events for him. So it might be that he's here, he was here a few weeks ago to go to Marinette Marine and tout a contract there that the administration signed for some new navy ships. Maybe you see more of that, more official trips that then turn into local attention for the president as he tries to seek reelection.
0: Meanwhile, Biden has mostly been holding virtual campaign events with some in person appearances in Pennsylvania. He's expected to be in Milwaukee to accept the nomination at the Democratic National Convention next month. After that, do you think he'll make in person stops in Wisconsin?
1: You would think, at least symbolically, he'd want to be here more than just the convention because one of the big knocks on Hillary Clinton from 2016 was she didn't come here after the primary, and there's a feeling that Wisconsin was neglected, and Democrats have sworn up and down they're not going to take Wisconsin for granted this time. So, if they want to really prove that, you would think that right Joe Biden would be here more than once in person. Same time, you know, how's this campaign gonna play out in terms of events? What's safe? Um, we are having numbers increase in Wisconsin, so that's got to be something you worry about. And two, you know, there's also a train of thought for Biden folks that you know a do no harm type campaign that as long as he's leading in the polls and things are going his direction. He doesn't need to be out there in a place where he can uh, have a gaffe or make a mistake and go back and bite him. So maybe they're taking a, a cautious approach for that.
0: Also last week, the Democratic Party of Wisconsin reported some record-breaking fundraising numbers. The party raised $10 million in the second quarter alone. Does that number surprise you, and how might we see that money play out across Wisconsin?
1: It's an eye-popping number. Um, it You're not used to seeing a state party raised that much money in a three-month period. Um, credit to Ben Wickler, the state party chair, who has national fundraising connections from time move on org. Credit to the governor, who was making calls um, to kind of help basically vouch for the party and what it was trying to do. And also, it's a, a perfect storm fundraising-wise for Democrats because we are one of those tipping points, and there are a number of wealthy Democratic and liberal-leading donors who are really scared of a Trump uh, second term and they're willing to give. And they, at the party, have found a way to tap into that and raise the money. So kudos to them. How that p- money's going to work is it, it can filter down to legislative campaigns, for example. I mean, it's really going to help with Democrats in general. Like the GOTV, they call it GOTV, the ground game, uh, get out the vote efforts. That's all going to help. But also, you're already seeing money from the party flowing to... The legislative campaign committees, and also to candidates. That's a big deal because for the last decade with Republicans in power of the legislature, Democrats have been at a disadvantage for money when it comes to legislative races. If they can level that playing field even a little bit, that's a big thing for Democrats. And you're seeing that, that kind of largesse that the party has raised start to follow into the campaigns of lawmakers and candidates, and that's a big deal to help them. Now, I'm not suggesting they're also going to take back control of the legislature because of it, but it just is a boost that Democrats have needed at the legislative level because they have been trailing um, fundraising wise Republicans for the last decade.
0: What kind of numbers do you think we'll see from the Republican party of Wisconsin?
1: I don't know. We haven't seen the federal reports yet to know, but the state report, they were well behind what the Democrats had raised. Um, And it's just, you know, they're struggling for a couple of reasons. One, you know, they really benefited from having Scott Walker in the governor's office because he was in a fundraising draw. There really isn't somebody similar right now who can make those fundraising calls for Democrats for Republicans. <coughs> um, you know, Ron Johnson, the uh, U.S. Senator, he is the kind of uh, head of the Republican Party, in essence. He calls himself the last man standing, but he's not a, a real big fundraiser, so he doesn't have the same. Kind of chops when it comes to raising money that, that, that Walker did, whereas Democrats have, you know, that person in the governor's office, they've got the network, they've just, they're, they took the playbook that Republicans wrote and have really perfected it because Republicans rewrote campaign finance laws back in 2015 to uh, keep in place no limits on the donations that could be made to a political party, but also uh, made it so that those parties could have unlimited transfers to candidates. Well, we saw that play out in the Supreme Court race this spring when the Democratic Party of Wisconsin gave nearly $1.4 million to Joe Karofsky, the Supreme Court candidate, who was down the street as a liberal candidate. We're really seeing them take advantage of that. And, you know, it's, Republicans, they're, just, they're not as good, good at it because they don't have the draw that Democrats do right now.
0: In another development, Democratic State Senator Tim Carpenter and Republican State Representative Rob Hutton are introducing a bill that would make defacing or destroying statues a felony. The measure would make it punishable by $10,000 fine and up to three and a half years in prison. It happens after Carpenter was attacked by protesters last month in Madison as they ripped down a statue of a Wisconsin abolitionist and the iconic Miss Forward statue on the Capitol grounds. So this bill is bipartisan. Is it going anywhere? This session,
1: probably not, uh, just because it doesn't look like they're going to meet anytime soon. Um, Republicans control both houses. They've shown no appetite to come back to Capitol and meet since they passed the COVID-19 bill back in uh, early spring. So at this point, I, I can't say that it's got a lot of legs. Now that discussion may happen once um or through this election looking ahead to next year and the new session, but right now it doesn't look like it's going anywhere, at least this year.
0: And finally, getting back to the unemployment numbers, Wisconsin's jobless rate from June stands at 8.5%, down from 12% in May. If the numbers continue on a downward trend, who takes the credit for this, President Trump or Governor Evers?
1: Well, I don't know if anybody will get credit, but the... The direct line is for Trump because those numbers are going to shape the view that people have of the economy going into November. So whether you blame her, credit him or whatever, it's Trump on the ballot this fall, not Tony Evers. So it's all going to be about Trump and how people feel about the economy, the direction of the the nation, and the first up on the ballot is going to be President Trump. So he's the one who's got to worry about the most.
0: That's SwissPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.